This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome, I'm Martin Strong, and let's get right to the consumer news of the past week. A lot of Teslas are being recalled. Transport Canada says around 193,000 cars here in Canada will be affected by a Tesla recall, all because of the autopilot function. Tesla says it will take uh, an over-the-air software update to fix the advanced driver assistance features, just like updating your iPhone. Seems kind of easy. Around the world, though, Tesla has recalled more than 2 million cars across its model lineup, which were produced between October the 5th, 2012, and December 7th of this year. And speaking of vehicles that drive themselves, autonomous 18-wheelers are going to be rolling down American highways very soon. The trucking company Aurora is already using them at a terminal south of Dallas. For now, though, there's still a human in the cab. That safety driver will keep their hands just above the steering wheel and a foot posted just above the brakes, just in case they're needed. The company's CEO says its autonomous trucks are really going to help the severe shortage of drivers right across North America. It looks like the big Canadian grocery stores have had a great year despite the rising cost of food. Their profits are expected to be up an 8% increase from 2022. That's according to the Center for Future Work. That's a research institute. The center says food retailers are now earning more than twice as much profit as they did before COVID. Meanwhile, executives from Loblaw, Walmart Canada, and Empire appeared before a common committee last week and said they had been taking action to help stabilize food prices. Property tax in Vancouver is going up. Both Vancouver business owners and residents will face a property tax increase in 2024, but it's smaller than last year's double-digit spike. Vancouver City Council approved a 7.5% property tax hike this past week. It was up 10.7% last year, and the city says it has to pay for core services, including police and fire rescue. Mayor Ken Sim says although they still have more work to do in the years ahead, a smaller spike in the property tax increase in 2024 shows that the city is making progress. In Ottawa, Health Minister Mark Holland says the government hopes to avoid gumming up the works of its new dental insurance plan by gradually phasing it in through next year. The program will start off enrolling seniors over the age of 87 and slowly expand to include all qualifying seniors, children under the age of 18, and people with disabilities. Holland says the plan is essential because as many as 9 million Canadians don't have private coverage to get their teeth looked after. Once eligibility is expanded to all qualifying residents in 2025, it will be the government's largest social program. CBD, the substance in cannabis that doesn't get you high, is being used more and more in North America, according to a new survey in the Journal of the American Medical Association. In fact, the use of CBD has increased 50%. In the past four years, people used it and other hemp compounds 
for all sorts of things, uh, everything from pain management, anxiety, and sleep issues. But researchers say despite the increased use, they don't have a lot of good data on what effects CBD actually has, either harmful or beneficial. And experts agree, forget the element of surprise if you're thinking of giving a pet as a present this holiday season. Animal shelters and rescue groups recommend having the person who's getting the gift be part of the process of adopting a pet and uh, giving a gift certificate and wrapping up all the necessary supplies is probably the way to go. That way the person can choose their own cat or dog at a later date, and that's going to avoid having a lot of people returning pets to a shelter right after Christmas. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and if you love the aquarium, they have a lot of stuff to do over the holidays at the Vancouver Aquarium, especially if you have kids. Might be a good way to start a Christmas tradition. We'll talk to the folks at the Vancouver Aquarium next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And if you're looking for something to do to get into the holiday spirit, especially if you have kids, the Vancouver Aquarium is a great place to start some Christmas traditions. Right now at the aquarium, it's the Holiday Splash. It goes until January 7th, and it's a fun way to experience the 6,500 amazing animals at one of the world's premier aquariums, as well as a research and marine mammal rescue facility. And it's in the heart of Stanley Park. It's just a beautiful place to go, especially at Christmas time. We'll be talking more about what's going on at the Holiday Splash in just a bit. But right now we have a special guest, someone who is at the center of the great work that the Vancouver Aquarium does in terms of caring for all the incredible animals at that facility in Stanley Park, including all the rescue efforts that the aquarium is known for. Dr. Marty, Dr. Martin Helena is the head vet and director of animal health for the Vancouver Aquarium, and he's with us now. Hi, Dr. Marty. Well, thank you. This is great. Yeah. So um, right off the bat, uh, I want to talk to you about the mammal rescue, that, the work that you do at the Vancouver Aquarium, because that seems very, very cool to me and I think to a lot of people. So let's talk about the, the mammal rescue operation that the aquarium has going. What kind of animals are we talking about and how often do they come in? Sure. Yeah. Well, first off, um, you're not you're not the only one that's interested in it. In it. Um, you know, marine mammal rescue has been kind of the the driving force behind my my whole veterinary career, and and it's and it is a really fun thing to do, um, and it and it you know creates a whole lot of great information as well. But um, uh, yeah, the Vancouver Aquarium has a very long history of marine mammal rescue. I mean, it started about 1959 uh, was the first animal that was brought in for for rehab and release at at the uh, at the aquarium. Um, since then, of course, the operation has expanded quite a bit, and it's gone through various kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, forms. And most recently, I suppose, I, sh I should mention that uh, Green, uh, Vancouver Aquarium Marine Mammal Rescue Society has become its own nonprofit organization under um, the, the Vancouver Aquarium umbrella, of course, and closely affiliated, um, but its own uh, its own uh, entity for, for nonprofit fundraising reasons, which is kind of exciting for us. Um, we are probably, I think, about the fourth largest uh, facility of its kind in the world. 
Um, the largest one is the Marine Mammal Center in, in San Francisco or outside of San Francisco. Um, but in terms of the numbers of animals, uh, the, the staff, the, our capability, um, and, the, and the geographic regions we, we cover, we're probably about third or fourth in the world. So every year we bring in um, up to uh, 180 um, live stranded marine mammals. Uh, the vast majority are, are uh, harbor seal pups, so very young animals of the year. I'm um, usually sometimes uh, just days or weeks old when they're brought into our facility. Um, but we also see, um, you, you know, uh, California sea lions, stellar sea lions, northern fur seals, Guadalupe fur seals, elephant seals, sea otters, of course, and, and a variety of cet- uh, cetaceans, which are the, the dolphins and porpoises. Um, and, um, of course, for some reason, sea turtles as well. Of course, they're not mammals, um, but they, they did come into our facility. So very exciting, really excellent work, um, an incredible crew that I'm very, very proud to work with and, and have worked with now for, for a long period of time. Yeah. So what, what's the, the, the coolest one you've ever had to work on? Is, is there even one? Because I'm guessing when you're dealing with sea lions and things like that, they must have a lot of personality. They sure do, and and you know every every animal is is an individual, of course, and and they all have their their kind of personalities. Um, I I have this thing. I, I don't pick favorites, but I, I will say that you know I think our, my favorite program that we run out of the rescue facility is our um, is our disentanglement program for sea lions, where we where we go out uh, a few times every year as much as we can, along with the Department of Fisheries and Oceans, and, and using their boats and personnel for support. Um, where we dart a- animals that have been entangled in any number of, of garbage, usually plastic packing straps, um, animals that have been, uh, you know, suffering for a long period of time that will invariably pass away if nothing's done. Um, get, but getting out there and having the ability to work with, a, you know, just an amazing team, um, get the dart in and, and get that gear off and reverse the, the anesthetic and, and see that animal go off and, and live a healthy life is, I think, you know, as a program, probably my very favorite thing that we do. And, and I have to admit, it's, pretty darn exciting too. Yeah, it must be very gratifying. Uh, and and what what's sort of the the ratio? Because I'm guessing, you know, being a, an animal in the wild, there's a lot of uh, danger and a lot of natural things that can go wrong, injuries that can happen. How much of, of the problems that you deal with with these rescue animals is natural and how much of it is created by man? Well, I, I suppose it all kind of works in, 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 you know, together to some extent. But the vast majority of animals that are, are brought to us are because of, of human interaction or, or human-caused injuries. So um, most of the harbor seals that come to us are coming to us from um, populated areas, um, places where, where moms um, can't, you know, do what they need to do to raise a pup successfully. Harbor seals have a very very short but very intensive nursing period of about four to five weeks. And if they're just disturbed during that, then, you know, things go bad for the pup very quickly. So um, it's kind of an urban wildlife issue, and and most of our animals are coming in because um, that kind of important life cycle has been interrupted. So these are animals coming from harbors and and, uh, boat launches and public parks and dog beaches and and that sort of thing. So certainly not animals coming to us from from the national parks or protected areas or, you know, from remote areas. Um, And then, of course, yeah, um, unfortunately, gunshot. Um, net entanglements, um, boat strike, uh, those are things that we see uh, each and every year. Wow, gunshots. I, I guess, is that mostly by fishermen who don't like the seals hanging around? Well, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, no, no one's telling us anything, uh, obviously, and, and, <laughs> and our, our animals, are, are, you know, there's no witnesses, I guess. 
Um, but, um, you, you know, it, it's hard. It's really hard to know whether it's someone just uh, doing something malicious or, or someone that feels that the animal is doing uh, something to interfere with their livelihood. It, 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 in any case, it's, it's not the right thing to do, especially um, we, we don't see the dead ones. We see the animals that have been maimed, um, blinded and, uh, and are kind of suffering in a terrible way because of that. So it's very much an animal welfare issue. And, um, you know, we have several several animals living at the aquarium. Uh, they came came to the our, our rescue facility as gunshot animals have been blinded and and were not able to be released. So that's kind of the cool thing about having the Vancouver Aquarium as a as a close partnership. Um, I, I call them the misfits, but that's not giving them any credit whatsoever. Um, but those animals that, that can't be released do end up um, staying at the at the Vancouver Aquarium and, and telling a very important story. So it's kind of a, a neat synergistic program in that way. Right. We're talking to Dr. Martin Helena also known as Dr. Marty. Uh, that's what everybody likes to call him. Uh, he's the head veterinarian and director of animal health at the Vancouver Public Aquarium. You can find them online, vanaqua.org. And as the head vet at the aquarium, um, you know, besides the the rescue operations, which are probably very uh exciting and you're outside what's a typical day like at the aquarium because i'm guessing you know one day you're dealing with a you know a seal or something and then the next day it's a mollusk or whatever what's a typical day like for you sure you know listen first of all our team is incredible and and you know when you get the title of head veterinarian it kind of means you're the old veterinarian as well so (laughs) i just watch like facebook cat videos and and let everyone do all the work and and then i just take the credit for it right um, but um, no, um, in, in all seriousness, it's, it's a fantastic job. Our crew is amazing. Our husbandry people are great. And every day, just as you said, it can be extremely different. You know, you walk in and you think you have a meeting planned for something uh, sometime, and that's just not what happens. You know, um, animals are fun to work with, and, and they, they surprise you. So things change. We switch, go for a rescue. Um, there certainly there are a, a few paperworky things that are a little bit mundane, but um, I have to say I've been doing this for for 30 years, and every day is still a, a fantastic day. Going, you know, dealing. You're right. You know, everything from from a mollusk or coral right up to, you know, a, a sick killer whale in the wild. I mean, it's 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 pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And I, I've loved going to the Vancouver Aquarium since I was a kid and uh, just seeing, you know, the, the, some of the fish in the tank and just the, the, just the vast array of wildlife there. Um, as someone who works uh, in the field and with, with rescued animals and all that, why is the aquarium so important, like, for, say, for kids to go see? Why do you think the Vancouver Aquarium is so important for the community? Um, well, I, you know, first off, we're an incredibly lucky community that we have a facility like the Vancouver Aquarium. You know, I was in California when they needed a vet up here in Vancouver, and, and I just came up to the facility and was absolutely astounded by it and can continue to be, you know, 18 years later. Um, and then conversely, we've got a really great population here in Vancouver. We've got awesome people, a very diverse population, typically very highly educated, lots of people who love the outdoors. And a lot of that, I think, starts um, from coming to the aquarium as a little kid. And you'll hear this all the time from folks. Oh, you know, we used to come to the aquarium all the time when our kids were little. And I look at them and go, you're going to be back with the grandkids, my friend. You're you're coming (laughs) back. Um, And, uh, you know, it's great. You know, you see folks come in, moms and dads and families having an awesome time and just enjoying the fact that their kids are just racing from, from exhibit to exhibit and absolutely amazed. 
Right. And if you were guiding some, say, some friends of yours or, or maybe some, some of their kids and you were giving them a little tour of the aquarium, as someone who has seen every inch of that aquarium from the back to the front, <laughs> what, what's one thing that you might uh, lead them to that may not be at center stage of the aquarium? Okay, I've got a bit of an affinity for spiny lump suckers. Um, these are <laughs> native coastal fish here in British Columbia. They look like a cross between uh, a fat helicopter and a hummingbird. They kind of like uh, hover and then come and glue themselves to the to uh, you know a piece of the exhibit. And um, they've got big forward-facing eyes relative to their small little bodies. Uh, they're kind of like a pine cone shaped. I don't know. They're incredibly bizarre to describe. And, and they're, you know, about uh, 10, 10 to 15 centimeters in, in, in size and eight to 10 centimeters. Anyway, um, they're awesome. So I'll go and look for those guys as soon as I can. The, and you call them, they're spiny lump suckers? Yep. Look them up. You'll be, uh, you'll be captivated. <laughs> wow. Cause, cause they don't usually make it to the, to the top of the, you know, the website, the, the main photo <laughs> of the website, exactly. maybe that, yeah, exactly. maybe that needs yeah. to change. <laughs> right. They could be the, yeah. No, no, I don't want everyone finding them. They're my little yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're like a band that you love and nobody else knows about. The Spiny Lump Sucker. Well, Dr. Marty, uh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you so very much. And thanks again for all your support. Great. Dr. Martin Helena, Dr. Marty, the head veterinarian and director of animal health at the Vancouver Public Aquarium. You can go to vanaqua.org. They've got the holiday splash on now until January 7th. And when we come back, we're going to find more, found out more about the holiday splash and how you can uh, uh, come and see it. It's on now through the holiday season, and it's a great way to experience the Vancouver Public Aquarium. And that's next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and we've been talking about the Vancouver Aquarium, a real jewel in the heart of Stanley Park. And if you're looking uh, for something to do uh, to get you into the holiday spirit, especially if you have kids, the aquarium might be a great place to create some Christmas traditions that will live on for a long time. And right now at the aquarium, it's the holiday splash. It goes until January 7th. And it's a fun way to experience the 6,500 incredible animals at uh, one of the world's premier aquariums, as well as a research facility and marine uh, rescue operation. There's all sorts of uh, fun things going on for the holiday splash, like uh, scuba claws, scuba claws. I guess it depends how you pronounce that. There's also breakfast with Santa, and you can even watch the movie Polar Express in 4D. And to help us uh, find out what's going on at the aquarium for uh, this great thing, the Holiday Splash, is Todd Hopman, the Manager of Communications for the Vancouver Aquarium. You can find them online at vanaqua.org. Todd, thanks for being here. My pleasure, Martin. Nice to join you. 
Yeah. I mean, I've loved going to the Vancouver Aquarium since I was a little, little kid. And uh, I think this idea of, uh, you know, making it a, a Christmas destination is a great idea because um, I think it can be a tradition for kids to come. So talk about um, the holiday splash and why you're doing it and what's it all about. Um, and Martin, before I go in, into answering that question, I should say that I also, I remember as a kid going to the aquarium on elementary and high school field trips. So the aquarium has been part of my life, uh, my whole life. Um, it's been something that's been there. So I, I think Holiday Splash is a chance for families to make memories and, you know, whether they come for scuba claws, uh, which, uh, by the way, scuba claws dives three times every day. Uh, at 11, 1, and 3. Um, or, uh, you know, you mentioned Polar Express, which to me is a lot of fun, uh, in part because it's, you know, it's the full senses of experience. And, you know, whether it's the smell of hot chocolate or, you know, the the various other fun aspects of, of the 4D, uh, I really enjoy that. And, you know, of course, uh, with the um, Jelly Snow Globe, that's another place where families can take photos and make memories um, at the Jolly Snow Globe and, and learn about jellyfish at the same time. So it's there's there's so much to do at the aquarium. And if you have a sweet tooth, of course, we have uh, seasonal seasonal treats as well. But I think, you know, for families, it's a chance uh, to learn and have fun. And, you know, it's really for people of all, all ages, because even I, you know, working at the aquarium, I find um, myself occasionally when I'm walking through the building being mesmerized by my favorite animals. Um, and, of course, the, my most favorite is, is our sea otters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we were just talking to Dr. Marty, the head veterinarian at the aquarium, and I asked him uh, whenever he takes a tour of people that he knows through the aquarium, is there a special place that he goes? And he says the first thing he does is he shows them the spiny lump suckers, <laughs> which yeah. are these little, uh, I guess, crustaceans or something. Uh, but uh, you, you like the, the otters because they're, they're always fun. I, I do, and, and even myself, when I'm working, I occasionally have been known to have our otter cam on. Um, they're, you know, eight really adorable um, animals. And, Martin, you had mentioned um, the lump suckers. Um, it's not quite the lump suckers, but it, we have a wet lab at the aquarium, and this is a chance for, for kids to to actually touch um invertebrates especially um and so you know invertebrates like crabs and sea anemones um sea stars sea urchins sea cucumbers uh so it's a really neat uh chance for for kids to get up close and, and touch some of these sea creatures mm -hmm. yeah i used to love that because you could actually get your hand wet and and touch these things and <laughs> it's amazing and talking to to dr marty he was talking about all the, during his day all the different animals that he's dealing with sometimes it's otters sometimes it's mollusks and uh, i think that's what's so great about the vancouver aquarium and and what's your your feeling about that why is it important uh especially for kids to to come to the aquarium well i think it's a chance for them not only to learn about um, the over 
65,000 animals we have uh, at the aquarium, but it's also a chance for them to have an emotional connection to, to these creatures, you know, whether it's the lump suckers or sea otters or um, even in our Amazon gallery, we have uh, monkeys uh, in there. Uh, in, in that same gallery, we have anacondas, which personally I don't really want to learn too much more about, but, you know, we have a, you know, a, a range of uh, creatures at, at the aquarium and, you know, to create that emotional connection because then they have an opportunity to learn more about um, nature, um, our planet, and how, you know, it's really interconnected. And, you know, we have, uh, even in our Canadian water section, when you walk through that gallery, we have fish and we have kelp. We have other species that are from our province along our coast, right? And I think, you know, the more that we understand these creatures, um, the better it is for our understanding of the world, right? Because, uh, and especially with kids, they're learning all sorts of things. And, you know, there's uh, even some current and, and former colleagues at the aquarium, they were, um, they went to the aquarium when they were young and they got fascinated by uh, certain creatures and they've made a, now they make a living, um, you know, being biologists or, or other professions in and around animals. So I think it's a, it's a chance um, to, to, I guess, in many ways, um, allow the wonder of our kids to to wander through the aquarium and all the various uh, wonders that we have uh, at our facility. Yeah, and I guess the holiday splash is a great way to introduce really little kids to the aquarium. Uh, and people can go to vanaqua.org, and you recommend you buy tickets in advance. What's what's kind of the process for for getting tickets to go to holiday splash? Very easy if they just go to our website, spanacor.org, um, and then they can go purchase uh, tickets for their visit. And on on the website uh, itself, uh, they just need to go to uh, tickets and membership, um, and they can, um, in that scene, uh, they can book their visits um, and come explore the, the the sea life that we have. Yeah. And I guess for kids, seeing Santa Claus diving in the tanks with scuba gear, uh, that must produce some pretty wide eyes. Oh, it, it is. It's a joy to see kids' uh, reaction to to Santa and Santa diving in in our Pacific uh, Canada gallery. Um, and it's a you know they're 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 always. Kids are always enamored by that, and of course, it's it's almost fun to see the kids and parents because you know the parents are enjoying the reaction of their kids, and it's um, great family um, time for them. And um, of course, uh, Scuba Claws at the aquarium is on until December twenty fourth, because uh, of course after that, uh, Santa goes back to the North Pole, so yeah. it's only on until the twenty fourth. Yeah, that makes sense on Christmas Eve because, you know, he need, mm. he needs some rest, clearly. He does, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, we're talking to Todd Hopman. He's the manager of communication for the Vancouver Aquarium. We're talking about Holiday Splash, which is on uh, until January 7th. But like, uh, like he says, you have till Christmas Eve if you want to see the diving scuba claws. There's also Breakfast with Santa, 
Um, and and this uh, Polar Express in 4D, what what made you uh, pick that particular film, and what's the experience like seeing it in 4D at the aquarium? Well, it's it, it's been a, a family favorite for for years at the aquarium, so we we bring it back because of that. But you know, in a 4D experience, the your your seats might shake. Um, of course, the, there's a scene. Uh, in, in the movie that involves hot chocolate and the entire theater smells like hot chocolates. And, you know, it's, it's the whole experience. And of course, Polar Express is a really fun holiday movie that, you know, families get to appreciate that. And, you know, with our 4D theater, uh, we have films, different films throughout the year. And obviously right now there's Polar Express, but, uh, before that it was a, a BBC, uh, film about octopuses. Um, and so it's, it's always, uh, a, it's a complete full experience in there. And it's a, it's about a 15, um, minute, um, experience all in. And so it's, uh, and we recommend it's for kids that are six and up or, uh, even anyone, uh, who's maybe a bit younger, um, if they think that their kid is comfortable, but we recommend, uh, six and up because it's a, can be quite startling. Like even I've been startled um, in one of the films that I, I previewed, and I I jumped because I wasn't expecting my chair to to shake like it did. So even even adults can get startled in the 4D theater experience. Right. So go to vanaqua.org for all the information. And like you say, uh, tickets are really easy to buy, and you recommend that people buy them in advance. Correct. Yeah. Um, definitely buy, buy them in advance. And, and Martin, one other thing I was going to mention as well is that um, whether it's during holiday splash all year round, uh, we have daily programs uh, that run throughout the day. And so these programs include um, sea lion training, sea otter feedings, uh, seal feedings. And it's a, um, these are opportunities for, for guests to learn uh, about these adorable species, um, but our staff do their best to also educate about these species in and around our coasts in British Columbia, and, and uh, so it's it's a you know a great chance to see adorable species and learn uh, a bit about those. And you know when folks are purchasing their tickets, they can uh, on our website uh, there's a full calendar of the various times, so they can uh, plan their visit around around those presentations as well. Yeah. So go to vanaqua.org for all the information about Holiday Splash, which is on until January 7th, but all the amazing stuff that the Vancouver Aquarium is doing from mammal rescue to just all sorts of things to to showcasing the local uh, ecology in, in, in the aquarium. It's a very cool place. The Vancouver Public Aquarium and Todd Hopman, Manager of Communication for the Aquarium, has been our guest. Thanks so much for talking to us, Todd. My pleasure, Martin. Nice to chat with you. Coming up on Vancouver Consumer, Christmas cards. Not the ones you send via Facebook, but the old-fashioned paper ones, hand-signed and delivered in person or by mail. They're making a comeback, and you might be impressed by which age group 
is leading the way when it comes to Christmas cards. I've got that story next when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And you remember Christmas cards? What happened to those? I still get them but a lot less than I used to, and more than half of them are from real estate agents. My dentist usually sends me one. Uh, How about you? I remember when I was a kid, we would get tons of Christmas cards. My dad would nail a string from one side of the fireplace to the next, and then we'd hang all the cards on the string. Uh, But to some people, Christmas cards are still a big thing. This past week, for example, Buckingham Palace unveiled the Christmas card that King Charles III and Queen Camilla will be sending out. This is kind of an important one because it's the first Christmas card since Charles was officially crowned king this past May. So you might consider this his royalty rookie card if you're a sports card collector. In the card, King Charles is wearing a robe made of purple silk velvet embroidered in gold, which was actually once worn by King George VI in 1937. That would be Charles' grandfather. But when it comes to regular old Christmas cards that you get from your Aunt Sally, those seem to be on the wane, especially now that people can just go to Facebook or email and send an e-card. And you would think that younger people would not be the least or would be the least likely to send an actual paper Christmas card, but not so. According to the Greeting Card Association, people in the 18 to 34 age are actually sending more Christmas cards than the previous generation did. Things have slowed down, though. In the early 2000s, North Americans mailed more than 2 billion Christmas cards every year. That's according to data provided by the Hallmark Company. By 2015, those numbers had plummeted to about half that, around 1 billion. But since 2015, there has been a slow but steady rise in the numbers. And this year, Hallmark says they figure about 1.3 billion Christmas cards will be sent. And as I say, a growing number of those are from younger people who like the actual feel of a paper card, just like they've discovered vinyl records as opposed to streaming their music. So when was the first Christmas card ever sent? The first known item that looked a bit like a Christmas card was given to King James I of England in the very early 1600s. It was more like a big ornamental manuscript, 33 inches by 24. It was folded into panels, had a picture of a rose in the center with a Christmas and New Year's message to the king. Also, there were four poems and a song written in the thing. It was a big piece of work. The custom of sending Christmas cards, the smaller kind that we would think of now, showed up in North America in the late 1840s, but they were really expensive and regular people couldn't afford them. Then, in 1875, a printer from Germany started mass-producing little cards. They had pictures of flowers, plants, and adorable children. And best of all, they were affordable for most people. So everybody started buying them. Then, in 1915, John C. Hall and two of his brothers started a card company that did really well in the United States. The Hall brothers called that company, of course, 
Hallmark. I wonder if they had any idea the amount of cheesy Christmas mu- uh, movies that they would be responsible for. Anyway, I hope as the holidays creep up on us all, I hope you're enjoying yourself. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. We are here every Saturday on CKNW at 2 o'clock. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong. Stick around. The news on CKNW is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.